but off the top of your head, like, you know, like this, the same game that I've been playing with you, like how many times, like off the top of your head, how many times do you think XYZ player was targeted? So like, I mean, Tariq Cohen had 71 targets, the same as Riddick last year. And uh, when you're looking at his rushing, it was superior to Riddick's and his receiving was kind of in line with Riddick's. Realistically, there are very few 70 plus running backs who get targets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the June 3rd, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz Radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by the FFPC. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair, and my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? It's going fantastic, Blair. How's it going with yourself? Uh, it's going pretty well. I'm uh, excited to get into a lot of these news items uh that we have to discuss today, uh, and I'm also excited to introduce our guest. Uh, today we have on the show Mike Beers. Mike is a contributor to Rotoviz and Rotogrinders, and is currently running the Best Ball Command Center premium Slack channel. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Beerswater. Mike, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. I'm excited to be back on Rotoviz Radio. Um, always a good conversation here. Excited to talk best ball. Before we get into it, Mike, do you mind uh, telling us a little bit about the uh, Best Ball Command Center Slack channel? Uh, you know, what can subscribers expect to receive? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we just launched this about, you know, a couple months ago. And, um, you know, it's what it is, is a platform where we're talking about best ball, fantasy drafting every day, all day, um, talking about the latest news, how it should impact uh, who we're drafting, when we want to draft them. And, on top of that, um, a lot of talk about draft strategy. That's really the big thing. Um, over the past few years, I've amassed a, a very large database of, um, you know, sort of every pick made in MFL 10 drafts, as well as data from FFPC and from uh, draft. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been using that data to uh, sort of hone my strategy and figure out what works, what doesn't. And Best Ball Command Center has been a chance to really have a home for that data and share the information with other people. Um, we have several channels set up in the uh, the Slack chat. Um, the one that I think people get might get the most out of is the on the clock channel, um, which is you know it's a place you can go to uh, in, in the middle of a draft. These are mostly slow drafts at this time of year. And uh, let us know who's on your team and, um, you know, what uh, how I would think about the draft and uh, what direction I would look next. So it's it's not like, you know, should I pick um, Jameson Crowder or Emmanuel Sanders? Um, you know, I, I would answer that question. But it's really about here's how my team looks so far. Um, you know, here's where I got the running backs. Here's where I got the receivers is the relative strength at each position. And given who we expect to be there based on average draft position in the next few rounds, what's the right direction to look right now. And that might be to quarterback that might be to wide receiver. And then even once we talk through that part, uh, you get right down to, um, you know, which players we like best within that range. Um, and it's been, I think that's where, um, a lot of the the learning has gone and it's been great because you know I'm not I'm not in the channel 24/7 I'm there quite a bit but uh, when people ask questions other subscribers are coming in with their own thoughts and it, and it's very easy to see that they're figuring it out and and really getting a good handle on the draft um, just based on their own thoughts and advice for other subscribers and it's become like a community which has been really great and more recently, just coming online, we have some tools on um, 
uh, on a website that uh, help you track player exposures across these drafts, track average draft position. And um, a lot of my historical win rate data uh, is available there as well. So, uh, you know, sort of trying to follow in uh, Rotoviz's footsteps in that regard with the apps and the great tools. I'm hoping to do somewhere near as good a job, but uh, it's a high bar. Awesome stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you know, um, Mike, we had you on earlier this off season for the best ball series. So, you know, you know, Mike is really one of the top best ball players in uh, in the industry, probably. So you definitely want to check out his work and everything he's doing uh, with that. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into the first news item. Uh, asked if he was prepared to use Jordan Howard as a bell cow back, Bears coach Matt Nagy responded, in this offense, it's more game-specific game as to whether or not you need that. Nagy also said Howard has proven he can handle that role, and for his part, Howard said Nagy already told him he's going to be the main guy. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on Jordan Howard's role uh, for this coming season? Should early best ball drafters worry about the possibility that his role will be reduced, or is this more typical coach speak? And uh, do you think he can improve his pass catching? Um, yeah, so I'll answer that last question first. Uh, I think he can't get worse in his pass catching, so um, that's that's just upside as far as I'm concerned. I'm not catching. Uh, I'm not counting on a lot of points from the receiving game for Jordan Howard. But um, you know, back to the bigger picture and, and what Nagy said. Um, you know that. This sounds like a smart thing that a smart new coach with a talented roster would say. I mean, everything should be game specific as far as far as I'm concerned. You know, why would you commit to saying we're going to run the ball, you know, 25 times per game, no matter what? You know, if if uh, they're behind in a game, uh, you know, they they're going to throw the ball more. I think that makes perfect sense. And Howard will be used less um, as to whether this bothers me at all. No, no, not really. I mean, it, it, um, I'm, I already said, I'm not expecting much out of Howard in the passing game. He didn't produce much in the passing game last year. And he was, I believe, um, running back 13 in terms of PPR rank last year. And he, right now he's priced around, uh, running back 15. Uh, he might be slipping a little bit after this news because I think people are overreacting to it. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's sort of status quo. Uh, I, on Twitter the other day, I posted a question of uh, what should make us um, expect a running back to have a worse fantasy season than the year before. And I got a lot of really good answers. Um, you know, um, losses on the offensive line, um, new coaching regime coming in, uh, competition for touches coming in, somebody coming back from injury, um, you know, outlier efficiency, and all these really good um, answers. And I only found one that applied to Jordan Howard, and that was the, uh, you know, the change in coaching regime. And I think it matters. Um, I'm expecting a shift toward more passing, especially as Trubisky, um, you know, develops even more, um, you know, with the with the new coaching, uh, leaving John Fox behind. Um, they're going to throw the ball more, and that does eat into Jordan Howard's volume a little bit, which is of course a concern. But these other factors that people brought up. They actually, most of them swing in the other direction for Howard. Um, you know, their defense should be just as good. Their offense should be much better, which is going to create more scoring opportunities for the running back. Um, they did not bring in anyone through the draft or free agency who really seemed like a threat for that early down work that he sort of locked in to get. Um, and I think what uh, Nagy said about Howard having proven he can handle that role is is really the part that's most important to me whether he had said it or not 
um, we know that he can handle a large you know, workload. And the Bears are going to be ahead in games. And uh, I don't expect them to just go crazy with a pass-heavy offense. He's going to have a very significant role. They're going to score more points this year. They should be in more competitive games. And I think he's got a great chance to score, you know, um, double-digit touchdowns this year. So he's not a guy I'm worried about. Um, I'm happy to draft him in the third round in best ball leagues. And um, I think, uh, you know, I think it's reasonable to expect a similar season to last year, which really wasn't that great for him um, in terms of efficiency and a lot of other things. So, you know, I'm still a, I'm still a Jordan Howard supporter. Just want to add on to one thing that Mike mentioned about you know, the Bears passing a little bit more uh, when you're looking at their pass attempts last year through 2016, they attempted only 473 passes in 2017 and 559 in 2016. And that sort of correlates to a little bit of that drop off in targets. Uh, Howard had 50 targets in 2016 and only saw 32 targets in 2017. So like Mike said, I don't think uh, early basketball drafters are taking into account some of that unseen upside. It's not like they don't target him on first and second downs considering that the bulk of his targets over the last two years have come on first and second down, if you look at the road of his screener. Really, I'm kind of hoping selfishly that Howard starts to slip a little bit. So when I'm stuck at the back end of the third, I can actually, he falls to me, which is a long shot. But what's the worst that could happen? Let's hope. Yeah, the last edition of uh, this show actually was titled uh, Tariq Cohen is a top five PPR back. I guess last season, a lot of the reason, I mean, I definitely thought, I think a lot of people thought Cohen should have been used a lot more, uh, and he was taken off the field a lot of times in favor of Benny Cunningham, which maybe isn't as, uh, so, you know, his presence wouldn't represent as much of a threat to Jordan Howard, but uh, is there any sense in which sort of Cohen's emergence would kind of uh, scare you off, Howard? No, I think the uh, the important thing is what you just said. Uh, you know, when he was taken off the field, it wasn't for Howard. Um, you know, I think he he's a talented guy, Cohen, and should be used in the offense. But that doesn't mean you put him in to carry the ball on first or second down. Um, you know, I think Howard's role remains the same. Cohen can have a better year than last year. I think Cohen did not have a very good year last year for, you know, reasons you just mentioned. Um, he just didn't see the field enough. Um, people remember a couple of big games from the beginning of the season, but then he really fell off. Um, and I think getting him more involved is a good idea for the team, um, but it just doesn't hurt Howard's value. I mean, if they're making better use of their talented players in the passing game, that just means they're going to be closer to the end zone more. And I love that for Howard. Dolphins uh, running back coach Eric Studisville said the team isn't ready to name a starting running back. Uh, considering that the Dolphins' depth chart currently consists of Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Kalen Balage, and uh, two other guys who are Definitely practice squatters, squatters, I'm not remembering, remembering right now. Mike, how much are you putting into this report? How much stock are you putting in this report? I put very little stock into this report, kind of like the one we just talked about. I, you know, if you're – there's no advantage for a coach to tipping their hand right now. You know, it's June. Um, there's The only thing that can happen if they commit to, um, you know, one person or um, – you know, is that they they might have to change their mind or go back on it, and and they look you know kind of silly later in the year. So I think it's the smart thing to do as a coach to say we're not committed to uh, one guy as a starting running back for a couple of reasons. That reason, and also you know Drake's a young guy. He you know he closed the year very strong last year, but this is also some motivation for him. They brought in another young guy, um, Kalen Ballage, who. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about, but he, he's certainly a talented guy. And, um, you know, maybe maybe he's just trying to light a fire under Drake a little bit. Uh, and 
kind of like with Howard, uh, Drake showed that he can handle that role as, you know, a, a high volume back in the second half of last year. And I think that leaves an impression on the coaches. They know that they can trust him. And I think they need a reason to move away from him. Um, Gore is there and I think Gore, you know, will get, you know, some attention, but I, looking at Gore's contract, um, you know, the fact that this is sort of a homecoming for him. Um, I think he is not likely to be a very big part of the offense, not enough to hurt Drake's value. Um, and he's, he's in the late third round, you know, um, if, if everyone were assuming he would be a bell cow back, he would be in the second round for sure. Um, so the risk is sort of baked into his price. And he's another guy that I'm just happy to take around his ADP. Yeah, I think uh, Drake is someone I've kind of been avoiding at his ADP. I guess my sense has been that his role is not maybe as secure as uh, as we'd like it to be. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of the risk is already priced in. And to be honest, there's not, you know, it's not like I see Frank Gore taking a ton of work. Balage is a good athlete, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's necessarily there for a good NFL running back. So I don't know if uh, he's really a threat. So, um, you know, I really have no reason not to be higher on Drake, but uh, it's just hard to uh, hard to really project him for a secure role there. Yeah, and uh, looking at the way the drafts play out, I I kind of have him in his own tier. Um, you know, they, I have a tier running backs that has um, you know, Devonta Freeman, um, Jordan Howard, who we mentioned, Joe Mixon after him, um, McKinnon is in there, and then there's a bit of a break, and then there's it seems like there's Drake all by himself, kind of at the end of the third round, um, and then you get into the rookies. And I'm perfectly comfortable with him there. You know, you get you get a little bit of a discount um, because of that that uncertainty with his role. But there's tremendous upside there. I mean, if you look at what he did in the second half of the year last year, um, if he even approaches that this year, he's easily a late third round pick. Yeah. And just to add on, I mean, Drake was used pretty heavily in the passing game once it was once it was pretty much his. He saw 45 targets and he caught 29 of those balls for 224 yards and a score. No reason to not suggest that he's kind of got that uh, all-around skill set we kind of want. And, you know, like we said, like the depth chart's fairly shallow. And I think I haven't been taking Drake much either. And I think I've got to just get over it and accept it for what it is, like you said, Mike, and just hit the draft button when, when he falls to me at the right spot. All right, before we get into No Shit Shit No, I want to take a moment to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our premium NFL content, and it supports the pod. Also, you can support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz radio channel on iTunes. Do that, and you'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league at the FFPC. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to a future episode to hear if you're the winner. Also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters, email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll get that set up. Now, let's get into no shit, shit, no. First item SNY's Ralph Vacchiano believes the Giants are getting close to a contract showdown with Odell Beckham. Shit, no. Um, and the. The reason that's the answer is I think they are getting close, close to a quote-unquote showdown, but um, Odell deserves an extension. He's one of the best players at his position in the league. 
um, I think the Giants are going to fold, and I think it makes perfect sense to fold um, before it becomes a problem. They've got Barkley on a on a cheap cheaper rookie contract. Um, he's going to be there. He's going to get paid. He's going to play. Kenneth Dixon said a surgically repaired knee feels very very good. I'm going to go. No shit that he said it, um, but Alex Collins is um, is I think pretty entrenched there. He had a great finish to the year last year, um, so it's a shit no in terms of him as a threat um, to Collins' work right now. If something were to happen to Collins, I think Dixon, you know, was a nice sleeper as a sort of backup on the end of your bench. Peyton Barber said he's trimmed down in an effort to get faster. Uh, no shit. Uh, he has a chance to, uh, you know, take a big role in that offense. I mean, the coaching staff showed they liked him last year. You know, they obviously brought in, um, Ronald Jones, um, you know, to give him a shot to be their number one running back. And he probably starts out that way. But, uh, if he's, he's to falter at all, I mean, he's just a rookie. If we have, um, you know, a minor injury in camp or we have a couple of fumbles early on, Barber's in good position to take over there. When asked about the possibility of re-signing free agent tight end Antonio Gates, Chargers general manager Tom Telesco said Gates would be a natural fit. No shit. Uh, he, he spent how many years with the Chargers? You know, um, and he's not going to be expensive. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. You know, I, I'm not going to target him in, in fantasy drafts probably um, because you know he's how you know a thousand years old. But um, and they have a lot of great receivers. But it makes perfect sense to me. For the Miami Herald, Albert Wilson was a standout at Dolphins OTAs. No shit. I mean, they don't have uh, they don't have the best receivers there, and they got a lot of young guys. Um, he he played well um, last year. I think it's not the hardest group to stand out in, uh, to be honest. So, you know, I like him as a late round uh, pick in best ball for sure. Lamar Miller said he'd be open to the Texans signing free agent Adrian Peterson. No shit. If I were a starting running back, I would be open to my backup role being filled by um, an old and probably not very useful Adrian Peterson. I love Adrian Peterson, but, um, you know, the sun has set, I think. And uh, Lamar Miller would be very secure in his role if AP came. For John Keim of ESPN.com, Josh Doxson said he's more comfortable and confident heading into 2018. Uh, This is a shit no for me. Uh, I don't understand really why he should be i mean terrell Pryor is gone but they brought in they just paid a lot of money to uh paul richardson who's going to play a big role which showed me uh, you know kind of showed me they didn't have that much faith in Doxon. and um also they've got a new quarterback coming in i mean there there's real changes going on with that team why would he be more comfortable i you know i think he um he's going to have an adjustment period uh which is it's just unfortunate timing for him when uh you know it could have been a year for him to break out Despite talking all week about a renewed commitment to the run game, new Seahawks offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer estimates he's keeping 70% of the team's old system. No shit. Um, you know, they can talk all they want about how they want to be a running team, uh, but they, Penny's good. I, I like him, but they don't have the personnel to just be a ground and pound offense. Um, you know, Russell Wilson is what makes that offense move. Um, you know, if they keep 70% of the team's old system and fill the other 30% with running plays, you're still going to have, um, you know, a pretty balanced offense. And, um, I don't expect this just to be a, a really slow pace run it at, you know, down their throats team. I mean, they, even if they want it to be. Titansonline.com's Jim Wyatt writes, Corey Davis continues to impress during OTAs. 
no shit. I, he's he's a very talented guy. Um, he he flashed last year, and uh, I have a lot of um, I have high hopes for the Titans' offense this year for a bounce back. Uh, I think they're going to throw it a lot more. Exotic Smash Mouth is dead. Um, I really like Corey Davis's upside as well as other receivers on that team, particularly Rashard Matthews. For for Jordan Renan of ESPN.com, Sterling Shepard has seen significantly more snaps on the outside during the offseason program. Uh, this is a, I guess, a shit no to me in terms of, um, you know, increasing his value, uh, you know, getting more snaps outside. I think they may want to see what he can do. I think he's going to be involved in the uh, the passing game, but um, he's not suddenly going to become, you know, their alpha. I mean, it's the Odell Beckham show and um, and Ingram is going to have a big role as well. So they're they're trying to figure out where he fits in that offense. Jaguars offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett said, Corey Grant is a guy we've got to get out there on offense more in 2018. Uh, it's a shit no for me. Um, Fournette's going to get everything he can handle. I mean, I think he earned it um, last year. And, uh, you know, Corey Grant, his, he, I think we'll see a few plays out of him. But they, I don't think they have a lot of room to get him um, out there on offense too much more. Jay Ajayi said he considers himself a workhorse running back. Um, depends on how you define workhorse here. I'm going to go with shit. No on, on workhorse running back, but I love him as a draft value. I mean, I think he's going to get a bigger split than, um, people expect, uh, but it is going to be a split. And, uh, I, I love his chance to, um, you know, dominate early down work and, and get a shot at a lot of, uh, a lot of carries and touchdowns. Kevin Coleman expects to be more involved in the past game this season. Uh, shit. No. Um, Coleman's just not a guy I've ever been able to get behind, despite um, the raw talent. Uh, they brought in, uh, you know, a they spent a high draft pick on a receiver. Um, I think um, Hooper's going to develop a little bit more. And Devonta Freeman is not going anywhere. Um, he's a capable receiver. He's, he's a good running back. I think he still owns that job, and um, I'm not willing to spend for Coleman. For Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News, Carson Wentz is jogging without a hitch in Eagles OTAs. Uh, no shit. Um, that's you're always going to unless something really bad is happening, you're always going to hear positive reports like that. And I'm excited for Wentz this year. Um, you know, there's there is some risk that he might miss, uh, you know, a couple games to start because it was a late season injury that takes a while to recover from. But um, I think that offense is and that team in general is going to be very good. The Athletic believes Doug Martin could push Marshawn Lynch for Raiders lead back duties. Shit, no. Um, Martin is. Uh, people are still excited about him based on production years ago. Uh, the contract that the Raiders signed him to allows them to cut him with almost no penalty at all um, before the season even starts. I think it was a good idea to bring him in in the offseason for, for pennies, um, just to add some depth and. Um, you know, in case something happens to somebody else, but this is going to be Marshawn Lynch um, carrying the ball. As, as as long as he wants to be a Raider, they're going to give him the ball. Charles Clay changed his diet this offseason in an effort to stay healthy. Uh, no shit. This guy needs to stay healthy. Um, you know, he's been a really great producer uh, when he's on the field, but he's had some injuries. And, um, you know, they, <laughs> who are the other options for the Bills uh, besides Kelvin Benjamin? Um I hope that he stays healthy. He should be making every effort to stay healthy. And um, if he does, I think he'll be a good pick. Bears tight end Adam Shaheen said he is more comfortable entering his sophomore season. Shit, no. Um, they, they brought in Trey Burton. 
uh, who's clearly going to be the number one there. Uh, Shaheen, you know, will probably have some role, but I don't know how you can be more comfortable when you've effectively already been uh, replaced. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball, and I hope you do because we've got Mike Beers on, one of the, as Blair mentioned at the top of the show, one of the better best ball players in the world. Superflex, Classic, or Classic Managed Leagues, they are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Jump into a slow or live draft today and take advantage of everything that Mike has just told, told us. If you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, moving on to the third news item. Uh, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, barring a major injury, free agent Des Bryant will likely wait until training camp to sign. For Rappaport, Bryant has received numerous phone calls from interested teams, but is waiting for the right fit. He wants to play for a winner and is hoping to rebuild his value by signing a one-year prove-it deal, something the Ravens weren't willing to offer earlier this offseason. So Mike, how does the most recent report affect Des's value this upcoming season? Uh, and uh, should drafters be well, how should they approach this situation? Are there any teams you'd like to see Des sign with? Yeah, so in terms of uh, how this affects his value, it's not a great sign. I mean, I believe that he's, uh, you know, it makes sense that he's gotten numerous phone calls from teams, but, uh, you know, he didn't get phone calls he liked. That's why he's still on the market. Uh, you know, the teams weren't showing enough faith in him. Uh, it probably is a good thing that he didn't take a, you know, a subpar offer, though. I think he's uh, maybe hoping somebody gets injured in training camp and there's a big need for him. Uh, it's really tricky drafting him right now. You know, I really liked his price, you know, early in the offseason. He was like, you know, in the sixth round and I was drafting him. Now he's down in the ninth round and I'm nervous. So it's clearly had an effect. Um, I'd really just like to know where he's going to end up. I think he could end up being a great value. Um, in terms of where I'd like to see him sign, uh, it's kind of a bummer seeing Brandon Marshall go to Seattle because I thought that would be a great fit for Dez. Um, he could slide in as almost uh, their effective tight end uh, after Jimmy Graham left. But, uh, you know, there are uh, a couple other places where he could do well um, somewhere like, you know, and I'm not sure how he fits their cap situations, but I obviously love to see him on the Packers, um, on the other end of Aaron Rodgers passes, though it's a little crowded there. And, um, you know, maybe something like, uh, San Francisco, a veteran presence, um, for their receivers. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how, um, Pierre Garçon is going to bounce back this year and, um, you know, he could, he could help out a young team there. Uh, so I think there are there are still places he could go where he could make an impact, but I am slowing down in terms of drafting him. Um, you know, when he gets to the ninth round, I, I might pull the trigger if I'm if I don't feel like I have to have great production from him in order to uh, to win. Lions running back coach David Walker believes second round running back Kerryon Johnson can be a three down player. Mike, considering that the Lions haven't had much success drafting running backs in recent years, what makes Johnson different? Do you think he's able to plant uh, the Garrett Blunt for early down work by week one of the season? And how do you see the rest of the uh, backfield shaking out? Uh, I don't 
see what makes him different from um, you know the running backs they've tried in recent history. Um, you know that offense, it it kind of works the way that they do it, which is a lot of passing. Um, you know they'd like to be able to run the ball a little better, but I I don't see why there would be some major shift there. In terms of Riddick's role, I think Riddick's role is going to be pretty much the same. Um, and they're they're weaker at tight end now with Ebron gone. So um, he could even see a bump in his targets, um, sort of playing that short middle of the field area as a receiver. Uh, I don't expect him to get a lot of carries, but that's not really why I draft him. Um, you know, um, and in terms of supplanting uh, Legarrette Blunt, I Blunt just doesn't go away. You know, like he. Um, he got a lot of carries, even though he kind of, you know, faded or disappeared down the stretch with the Jai coming in for the um, for the Eagles last year. I think he's just going to he's going to get his um, his share of the workload, and then Johnson just has to do something special to get rid of him. You know, I think he's he's almost going to be a fantasy nuisance for us, but I think he has a good shot to score some touchdowns. You know, going into this uh, kind of best ball season, I was. Uh, sort of exploring some of the past results and found that at least last year a lot of rookie running backs actually had quite an impact. I mean, that's kind of obvious if you think about what Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara did last season. So uh, it's it's chasing last year's results a bit, but I've been kind of trying to find a rookie running back who can, um, you know, make a big jump in year one, maybe around this ADP. So Kerryon Johnson is intriguing if only for that reason, and that's probably a bad reason because his situation, like you said, is not necessarily the best. I agree with you about the upside, though. Um, it's just it's a little difficult because he's got two guys ahead of him, whereas um, like a Kareem Hunt last year, where was really both their um, and I really liked him for that reason before he got injured. He was both their their running back and their receiving back, and um, when he went down, Kareem Hunt could you know assume both roles, uh, you know. He has to beat out, but Kerryon Johnson has to beat out Blunt, and something would have to happen to Riddick for him to take that part of it. So I don't see him being a real league winner, but I do, I do like the upside if he does take um, at his price if he does take a major role. Is the guy Blunt someone that like you should consider maybe right at the in the final few rounds if you're really weak at the running back slot? Yeah, he's a good best ball guy. You know, I I don't think I would not draft him in a regular season long league, but um, I do think. I expect the Lions' offense to be good, um, which means uh, you know they're they're. I think they'll be throwing a lot, which is you know doesn't really matter for Blunt, but they'll be near the end zone quite a bit, and that's kind of where you want him to be. Um, I'm not expecting a lot from him, but you know a handful or or even less uh, weeks out of a guy who's drafted in the 16th round or something is uh, is a nice addition to your team. All right, well that will do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Mike Beers. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at BeersWater. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Road of His Report, powered by Road of His Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Road of His Radio feed. And be sure to contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at roadofhisradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Road of His at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, roadofhis.com.
this one.